there, everyone. Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom McCarthy. So happy to be with you. It is Stephen AJ Week here at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Stephen is our guest on this week's show. You're going to love our conversation. Had so much fun talking to Stephen. Found out we had a mutual friend and some similarities, and it was just a real cool, easy conversation with a real funny comic. He's L.A.-based now, originally out of Denver, you're going to want to come out and see him this weekend. And it's a busy couple weeks here at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, their premier comedy club in all the state of Michigan. Let's add, let's throw the Midwest in there. And you know what? It's in the running of for one of the best clubs in America. We're so fortunate to have the stage in our town and these incredible comics coming up. So I'm going to give you an overview of what's happening the next two weeks because, I'm, and I believe I've mentioned this already, and if I haven't, I'm going to mention it again. But yours truly is taking a well-needed and much-deserved vacation. Me and the missus are going overseas. Matter of fact, as you're listening to this, I will be somewhere over the Atlantic, hopefully, hopefully passed out on red wine and some over-the-counter sleeping medication. Tommy can be an anxious traveler sometimes, so <laughs> there's a little bit about me. Let's talk about what's coming up here at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle the week of July 11th and the week of July 18th, and then we'll pull up. The interview with Stephen A.J. Tuesday, the 12th of July, is our Detroit to L.A. competition at 7.30 p.m. Again, this is a competition that runs throughout the year. Up-and-coming comics vying for stage time and cash prizes and a trip to Los Angeles. Really cool contest. Always a good time. Make sure you come out if you haven't. And then Wednesday, the 13th of July, it will be our world-famous open mic, 7.30 p.m. One of the premier open mics in the Midwest. Terrific. I was just on the mic last week, and it just blows my mind the quality of comics top to bottom. And even some of the sets that don't go well are, are, are awfully entertaining. So make sure you come and check that out. Then again, as I had mentioned, this weekend, it is Stephen AJ in town. Four shows. Thursday will be at 7.30 p.m. Friday the 15th at 7.15, and then two shows on Saturday the 16th at 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Skipping ahead to the week of July 18th, again, there will be no new podcast next week, but there certainly is a whole lot going on at the castle, and it begins on the 19th, Tuesday the 19th, Spank Horton. Spank Horton is in town for one show only. You're not going to want to miss it, 8 p.m. on Tuesday the 19th. We've got a comedy class showcase, comedy uh, the uh, Comedy 101 Showcase. These are kind of the beginners. 7.30 p.m. These shows are fantastic. Again, that's Wednesday the 20th. Uh, and as I have mentioned on this show before, one of the many things I enjoy about these Comedy Class Showcases is for a lot of the performers, this will be the first time they've ever been on a stage in front of what's typically a full showroom worth of people. Some of them may never do it again. Some people just kind of check it off the bucket list and uh, and move on with their life. And it may be the one and only time they get to experience what it's like to perform in front of a live audience. So these shows are a lot of fun. And also, I should mention, if you're interested in taking a comedy class, you can go right to the Comedy Castle website or call them at 248-542-9900. They'll give you all the info you need. We have Beginner Comedy Class, which is our uh, Comedy Class 101, and then our Advanced Comedy Classes, taught by our producer and excellent comic and all-around good guy, Joel Fragamini. Those are uh, both worthwhile courses, and I encourage you to look into them. All right. Gosh, we've got a lot of announcements to get through. Hang in there with me, dear listener. We're almost through it. 
the 21st, the 22nd, and the 23rd, we got Steve Gillespie, uh, Gillespie in town. Very funny comic. He has got four shows, the 21st through the 23rd. And then we have an early special engagement on Saturday, the 23rd, with John Polar Bear Gonzalez. That is a 3 o'clock show. So, oh my goodness, I need to catch my breath. That's a lot of housekeeping and business to take care of at the start of our little get-together this week. As always, call the castle at 248-542-9900. Go to Comedy Castle website, comedycastle.com. Purchase your tickets right there. Super easy, super functional. I would recommend it. But of course, if you've got something that falls outside, uh, outside the lines that you need to speak to a live person, someone's always there, man, in the phone, call the castle there. Be happy to help you. Again, 248-542-9900. All right. The commercial portion of this week's installment is over set up my interview with Stephen aj and hit play i guess just a couple things about Stephen. you're going to find out a lot uh in the interview uh but he's he's another one of the comics uh this time of year in particular uh we have some new comics coming through the castle who've not played here this will be Stephen's first time at the castle and it gives me the opportunity uh a lot of the comics i know i've worked with uh, a friend of a friend some comics like Stephen, i'm just learning about them as i do my show prep i really enjoyed listening to his album that came out a couple years ago it's called poppycock he's got a great great clip from the uh, montreal just for last festivals uh on their new faces uh program uh, you can find that easily on YouTube. He's got some really cool live sets from uh, the Comedy Works in Denver that you can uh, pull up on YouTube and from his website. And uh, just a really good comic. He pops off the screen. Uh, it's no wonder that he's making the play out in Los Angeles and doing the acting thing as well. And also, very organically, in the course of our conversation, found out that we have a mutual friend in the late, great Ricardo Flanagan. Listeners to the show don't need any intro or background on on Ricarlo and what he meant to the Detroit comedy scene, what he meant to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, and what he meant to me personally. Just a fantastic human being. We miss him every day. And it's really cool that he and Steven were friends, and we found that out in our conversation. So, oh my goodness. I need a rest. This is the longest intro I've done in months. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy my conversation with Steven A.J. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line is Stephen AJ. And Stephen, first off, I am so grateful that in the clips I was able to download and in and, and my prep work this weekend that somebody pronounced your name so I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, you are very lucky. Usually that doesn't happen. And for pronouncing it right, uh, I was just going to say, man, you... Uh... I must know someone got in. I was about to be suspicious. I was like, "How the fuck do you know?" <laughs> uh, our, our listeners to the show, there's there's certain things that I've got no pride about, but the one thing that's important to me on the show is you know get your guest's name right. And there's been a few mm -hmm. there's been a few tongue twisters lately. You know what I was going to go with? If I I think it may have been on your album, uh, Poppycock, which I recommend to all uh -huh. of our listeners. But I think the very first grab might have been the host saying ladies and gentlemen Stephen aj and i was like oh thank god and jesus thank you <laughs> but i was gonna go with Stephen a that's what it that's what it looked ah, like but i was very okay. wrong okay yeah yeah that's a a different way I, I don't know if i've heard that soft g before <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh yeah people thought that people thought um kind of like franklin ajai people have said 
oh, is are you related to Franklin the Giant? I was like, the Franklin's last name has a J in it. Uh, yeah. It's clearly G. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, I bet that uh, was a lot of your experience. You know, you talk about it in your act, and I find it very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I wanted to start on. You're, you're one of the comics who's from what I can gather, kind of a, a fish out of water. Grew up in Denver um, mm-hmm. and the son of African parents. So I, I guess Correct. in two ways, although I've been through Denver a dozen times in my life, just passing through the airport and skiing, I haven't spent a lot of time in the community, but I would say it's maybe not the most diverse metropolitan area in, in America. Is that, is that fair to say? Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Denver is like... Uh... <laughs> Denver is one of the whitest uh, places, maybe on earth. It's a very, it is a, it is a decent white person factory. Um, but there's, there's some nice white people too. Well, um, good. There's, there's still okay, a few yeah. left. There's a couple, one or two. Um, but uh, no, there's some. Uh, there's a little diversity, but nowhere near. Um, you know what? somewhere on the coasts or somewhere in the south uh, uh denver is so much it's very much a cow town and um you know it has its pockets but uh yeah growing up there with both of my parents being from ghana it was a very strange thing and being like the only black dude in the classroom uh when i transferred from a more diverse school to a less diverse, it was yeah it was a lot do you think that's where a lot of your obviously you developed a, a stage persona and developed your act, but but as a kid, a lot of comics mm-hmm. were kind of the class clown and everything. Was that kind of your defense shield and and, and how you were, you were going to get friends? Is hey, you know, I know I'm a black kid in the suburbs and my parents are from Africa, but uh, <laughs> I'll make you laugh. I mean, were you always an entertainer? Uh, yeah, as long as I can remember, I was always uh, trying to make people laugh in one way or the other. Um, not always in a uh, maybe class clown sense, but mm-hmm. still adjacent because, uh, you know, a class clown dude standing on the table with pencils in his nose and shit, farting, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I would be the guy getting that guy to do that or responding <laughs> to that guy or, you know. The class you know, instigator. I, exactly, Yeah. <laughs> And it's not to say that I wouldn't do some class climbing shit. I think we all have, but um, yeah, I think that definitely developed some of my comedy, uh, like comedic style, um, especially across racial boundaries. Uh, you know, in Denver, you have to learn to perform for as a black comic. You learn to perform for some for everybody who doesn't look like you, mm-hmm. and then you get a few opportunities to perform for some black people and some Hispanic people or I guess Latino, Latino, I don't, mm-hmm. I may also fuck up some of these. So don't cancel me before <laughs> accidentally saying the wrong thing, but yeah, for just different groups of people. And, um, but yeah, you know, well, uh, I, I think, um, one of the things that uh, I, I loved about uh, uh, I loved about the the album and uh, on, on your just for uh, I think it's just for last laughs clips too from Fresh Faces mm-hmm. that I downloaded that I'll recommend to our listeners also terrific but um, talking about when when you would tell friends that you know um, 
you're African or your parents are Africa, and they, they would say yeah. Africa, Africa, and you're like, no, no, dummy, Detroit. Detroit yeah. has kind of become the default over the last 40 years of, of anything right. uh, They used to make fun of Detroit uh, on the Jeffersons and all in the family back in the 70s, but... It's yeah. It's always funny. Like why why people question the thing? You tell them something, and then they go like repeating it as if it was going to change it. You know, <laughs> like oh, I heard what you said, but did you mean Africa? No, 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 no. I meant somewhere complete. I actually have no idea where I'm from. My <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the you know that's one thing that I'm I'm proud of. You know, I've, I've lived most of my life in the Detroit area, uh, lived out on the West mm -hmm. coast for a few years, but just, just in my lifetime, I, I'm older, older than you, but in, 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 even the 15 years I've been performing at the castle, the crowds are more and more diverse. Nothing, nothing cures the ills of this world better than different people from different backgrounds coming together and having a good time, uh, now more than ever, but it's just, it's, it's really, there's a lot of things that we could argue that aren't the greatest thing about the job of being a comic, but but making people mm -hmm. from different backgrounds laugh has got to be very gratifying. Absolutely. I think everybody could just have a big interracial cross gender orgy. I think we'll solve all the problems. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I haven't had a lot of takers, you know. <laughs> hey, man, we got to all you got to do is be willing to play. You know, if you're willing to play. Sometimes you catch some, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, you're right about that. Bringing, trying to bring people together, get them to laugh. Well, the more, you know, I'm, it's corny when you hear people say they're a people person, but I'm a people person. I've always, yeah. I just, I find people interesting, fascinating, different, mm -hmm. different backgrounds. So I've always liked meeting different people. And we're not, you, you find by meeting people from different backgrounds and cultures that we're not that different. For instance, you and I have the same reaction to seeing a surprise titty. It's almost, it's, it's uncanny. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I don't. I don't know how many reactions there are to seeing. I think <laughs> I think there's two. There's a ooh, and then uh, and then there's a ooh, <laughs> and they're both similar. One one of them's like a surprise, like ooh, what's that? And the other one's like ooh, yeah, that's it. It's time. <laughs> God, doesn't that speak to how kind of backwards and just the religious base of American culture, that stuff, something as simple as a woman breastfeeding is still such a shock for so many people. In, in Europe, it it's is. no big deal. You'd be anywhere. They're having a cigarette, nursing their baby. Yeah. It's so ridiculous to be feeding a child the way people feel. Like if a cow was nursing, like a calf was nursing on a cat, and Ooh, somebody gonna walk by. I can't believe your farm will let that cow nurse its calf in public. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm not saying women are cows. What I am saying is, <laughs> thank you for clear. And I won't edit that out. I won't get you in trouble. We'll leave that in. <laughs> what I am saying is, others are titties of the cows. And it's just like, what do we? We we've gotten so far away from like what actually our problems are, we start nitpicking on things that literally have nothing to do with anything. It's like we've, we've fallen in love with uh, conflict. That's what it feels like. 
It un- unfortunately it does. And I also, I think, uh, my, my wife and I were getting ready to take a big, uh, it's our anniversary and we're taking a big trip mm-hmm. over to Germany in Switzerland, mm-hmm. which I've never been. And I'm looking, as I said, I'm a people person. I'm looking forward to yeah. speaking with some German, German and Swiss people about what is your opinion of America right now? Are we just scaring the shit out of the entire planet? <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine, but also <laughs> uh, the Germans better be careful because uh, I've seen some of their porn, and <laughs> <laughs> you can say what you want, but uh, we are not keying on people like y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I don't want to incriminate myself, but there is kind of a they're they're very interesting. They're such a precise culture, but they do do some mm-hmm. things maybe outside the norms in the bedroom, from what I've heard. Yeah, hey, that's what I've uh, heard, researched, seen, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to do it. I just say go right on ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just going to say, well, I think that's a little different. That's not for me, but uh, <laughs> I'll be on you if you want me to. <laughs> it, it would be <laughs> great if your shows your shows get protested this weekend by a bunch of perverted Germans. <laughs> you have a problem, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with the pee-pee? <laughs> Uh, several things, but it's okay. You have your PC over there with your, you know, big bits. Maybe I'll, I'll make some new merch and just have little towels. <laughs> well, that's a, a, a perfect, um, a perfect non segue to one of the curiosities I, I had about you. We talked a little bit in the pre-interview that um, Denver is one of the scenes that I'm just kind of fascinated as a comic. You know, we've always known Chicago, New York. Um, mm-hmm. LA and every now and again there's scenes that kind of just kind of pop up and are, are real mm-hmm. fruitful for creative and talented comics I've interviewed a handful of Denver I guess I'll put Josh Blue up at the top um, yeah. and he gave me his thoughts on the scene um, give me your opinion on wh- why is it Denver in the last five or six years has just become one of the hot spots for stand-up comedy in America What what is your thought on it you know what's wild Denver has continually grown at a rate um, unsustainable for its housing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like for its housing. But with that, like a lot of tech companies have moved and there's a lot of incentives to be in there. And Denver's also a nice place that people just want to live. And uh, the culture of Denver has always been people want to be outside and want to go to little events. And uh, a lot of they they support a lot of local stuff in Denver. And that's kind of created this bond and this nest and between comedy works like Wendy Curtis uh, cultivating, uh, you know, young comics and helping them develop. And um, uh Eric at Looney's and Comedy Corner, uh, Looney's Comedy Corner in Colorado Springs, helping people develop. Now, uh, David Rodriguez now popped up a club in Fort Collins, which is also an incredible club. We've got a lot of people who are advocates of comics developing and helping them, uh, you know, just grow and everybody's real supportive and it just kind of feeds that city culture and everybody wants to go out and support one another and then I could like I can go home now and make more money doing independent shows than I would when I'm doing comedy work. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, is it possible? Because, is um, now, of course, to a Midwesterner, everything seems so vast when you get west of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But would it be practical to to uh, to live in hub out of uh, Denver? 
um, as 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 a road comic, or, or, or do you almost inevitably have to leave? I think you inevitably have to leave. I, it, I guess it really just depends on what you want to do with your career. Um, mm-hmm. Me personally, I wanted uh, to be do more stuff with TV. Um, so that's when I moved to LA, like after, you know, headlining comedy works, you know, form some, like sold out Red Rocks. And, uh, I didn't sell it out myself, but I performed and I sold out Red Rocks. <laughs> oh my God. That's bucket list in so many different ways. We'll have to, we'll circle back to Red, Ro- Red Rocks in a minute. Let's, I want to continue on this thread with, uh, the, the LA play. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's just one of those things, um, if you want to just, be a road comic denver is a good place but also it's a little bit far west um i think michigan illinois like michigan chicago minneapolis those middle states are easier to get everywhere else right denver if you go uh east it's like eight hours until you even see lincoln nebraska it's 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 crazy you know i've driven across country three times and when you're from this part of the country when you get west of chicago there's nothing for a day and a half literally right right so um so it's not the greatest if you're a hub and you're driving places if you fly it's it's pretty good because the airport flies to i think most places uh or more places than most other airports in the world i think there's more United has the most traffic out of Denver International Airport. Oh, it's, it's it's crazy. I, I I spent a day and a half trying to find my skis in that airport. Yeah. <laughs> I, although I would not rule out Denver for my for my golden years because uh, our listeners will probably know this from the Josh Blue interview because mm-hmm. I mentioned that Denver is the sunniest metropolitan area in America, even more so than San Diego. Three hundred days of sunshine on average. 315 days a year. And I've, I've got yeah. seasonal affective disorder. Tommy gets the blues when it's gray, and, and, and Michigan is gray for three months <laughs> out of the really? year. It's just tough. Yeah, that's rough. I can't. Yeah, yeah. When you, and when it's gray like that, like I know sometimes it's gray here in L.A., I can't either. I go, ugh, and for three months, jerking <laughs> off doesn't even feel good. It's just like, yeah, four months. <laughs> But why? There's no sun. <laughs> Did you find, um, so I'm, I'm going to draw a parallel to a good friend of mine who was one of the most talented comics in the Detroit scene when I was coming up, a guy by the name of Ricardo Flanagan, who unfortunately we lost last year oh, uh, to COVID, but he just an incredibly talented guy. He went to LA and my belief and everyone's belief was just, he was superstardom within 18 months he did well he got some traction he, he got his sag mm-hmm. card got on the show shameless but he mm-hmm. a guy as talented as him he told me even three four years out there he would still struggle for stage time have you found that yourself being a made guy from denver a, a, a bona fide headliner is it still tough for you to get uh good stage time yeah um so it it, it it is a little bit difficult, the consistency wise, as like in Denver, I know I can get up 10 times a week, no problem. Mm-hmm. Here, um, it's also kind of because of the layout of Los Angeles makes it a little more difficult to get into multiple places a night. Right. Yeah. Um, also, if you're not a regular at one of the clubs that, you know, <clears throat> or a couple of clubs that also impacts the amount of stage time you're both able to get. But versus some of the independent shows, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a juggling act between doing stage, 
doing stages and doing the other stuff that can help elevate your profile so that, you know, you can sell tickets in the middle of the country and then, you know, tour better and, you know, do some of the other stuff. But um, another thing, man, Ricardo, Flanagan, my guy, that was rest in peace to Matt. That was one of my best, best friends out here. Oh, well, um, cool. Yeah. And, we, uh, yeah. Ricardo and I came up at the same time, did tons of shows and was, uh, was just a big supporter of her uh, of his and it's still i mean this scene losing someone as impactful as ricarlo even though he had been gone for five or six years it's just uh mm-hmm. uh it's it's when i think about the pandemic and all the misery my my family has been relatively mm-hmm. safe from it but have lost a handful of friends and geez <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're it gonna wow oddly enough too just Ricardo would find this hilarious, but you know, uh, the, the infamous incident at the Hollywood bowl from a couple of months ago when the lunatic attacked Chappelle, they, Ricardo made the in memoriam, you know, they, they flash yeah. him up on the bit at the Hollywood mm-hmm. bowl. And, you know, moments after yeah. that happens, <laughs> Chappelle gets, yeah. you know, attacked. Ricardo would turn a great bit into that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did. That's, that's the thing about comedy that you, you know, cause Ricardo, he lived not even a mile from me. Oh wow! Um, and uh, you know, we we hung out all the time. Like, we had each other auditions. I mean, he told me when he first got COVID and all that other stuff. But um, it's the 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 way you cultivate friendships and they last in this business, and how the impact. Just like you're saying, people who are people person, Ricardo, Ricardo could get into people. Man, he oh, was like, we yeah. would go out to a bar and he would start chatting with the bartender. With, and like Ricardo was, he's just the real deal, man. He was uh, um, top yeah. flight rapper too, an insanely talented yeah. guy. It's, yeah, you know yeah. the irony too. If if you knew Ricardo well and and lived close yeah. to him, a good buddy of his, uh, Michael Malone, we had him mm-hmm. on the show. It posted yes. the day Ricardo passed away. And right. we were talking about Ricarlo and I said, I said to Michael, yeah, give a shout out to, you know, tell Ricarlo Tom mm-hmm. says hi. And then uh, the producer of the show texted mm-hmm. me and said, hey, what's the deal? What what happened with Ricarlo? And I mm-hmm. think, God, did we yeah. say something on the podcast? And he told me and yeah, it's still devastating. So, well, I'm 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 glad I'm glad, you know, him because you know what type of guy he is and you can you can share Ricarlo stories um, yeah, <laughs> for many years to come with people out there who don't know. Him. Definitely. So Definitely. let me um, let me ask you from from a stand up point of view, acting is so different. But I feel the confidence that a, that a, that a stand up like yourself has has got to translate well to a theatrical setting and acting. Or is is it a whole is it a whole different thing? Do you do you feel that your stand up background has giving you a leg up or does it really not matter? Uh, I think it does matter. I think it does help. Um, with stand up and acting, I think, uh, the way they overlap, um, you know, whether it's between act outs on stage or doing an audition and staying into the bit or, um, you know, being able to like ad lib or maybe mm-hmm. add your own flair to a audition that may otherwise be flat. I think they, it definitely helps. Um, and, uh, especially with being present, you know, mm-hmm. being on stage, you know, a lot of times you tell jokes, uh, several different ways based on the energy you're feeling. 
right. um, from the response of the crowd and uh, just being patient and present um, uh, is important there. And it very, it very well translates to acting um, when you're listening or reading against somebody, if you're just patient and like actually present with them to keep you in the scene. I've heard from my friends who've, who've made the transition and who've gone to the West Coast, where Carlo included that there's kind of a phenomenon when you get out there where you're going to be doing, you're going to be doing sets and, and sharing stages with a lot of guys who are hardcore on, on the acting. They're, they're on that track. That's what they want to do. And they've got a great five minutes or six minutes, but that's mm-hmm. all, you know, they've, they've developed, right. which is smart. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just wondering if a comic like yourself, who's put in the work and has built this act over so many years and can, can do an hour standing on your head. Do you guys look down your nose at them a little bit? Yeah, this guy. You're like, oh, all them jokes, and somebody's got six minutes and is fast. Shoots to the top, but but you know what? Um, I I guess they're all different because that's good for them. You know, I'm glad they're getting that success. And also, the thing that I kind of got to remind remind myself, and we all do, is having that hour is longevity. Yeah. Um, knowing I can build an hour, um, I can keep adding to it, pulling from it, changing it, turning different things. I know that I can do it. So, um, as suppose somebody has five or six and they shoot to the top and they go to, say they show up at Mark Ridley's and it's like, okay, you sold all these tickets and now you got an hour show. And now all your fans <laughs> are pissed off <laughs> because you're reading a book for 45 minutes because you had 10 minutes of jokes or whatever, you know. Yeah, I've, so I think um, yeah, I've really found over the years that I'm a generally supportive person up and up and mm-hmm. until someone's doing better than me, and then I can be just a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, fuck you, then, man. <laughs> that guy sucked. Okay, fi- <laughs> final thing, we've got to wrap. You've been so gracious with your time, and I'm kind of bummed that I'm going to be out of town, but we'll bump into each other out there at some point in time. But yeah, um, So tell me about performing at Red Rocks. God, what a legend! For our listeners who don't know, Google it's one of the most legendary venues in America built into the side of a mountain, a natural amphitheater in the side of a mountain. What what was it like and what was the show? Man, well, I've done it a few times. So Comedy Works, there's this thing during the summer they uh, call Film on the Rocks. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what they'll do is show a movie uh, at Red Rocks at night. And so the, they'll have a someone host it as like uh just kind of give instruction and stuff they'll have some bands play a couple of demonstrations some sponsors and then they'll have a comic do about you know 10 minutes and uh before the movie starts and uh man uh, i remember doing it for uh the black panther oh wow <laughs> with, yeah which was a it, it, it was perfect for me yeah, <laughs> and by uh, act and everything, the audience that was there, and you know, telling a joke in a club, you know, when you feel that wave come to you, that wave yeah. response, like when a club is super hot. At Red Rocks, the feeling is like that, but you gotta wait. Oh, it's so it's fast! Like, it's probably what an eight thousand seat amphitheater, if not more. I think it's 10, wow. like almost 10,000. And uh, when you tell a joke, it's like you feel like this rumbling. It's almost like an earthquake. 
like you know Independence mm-hmm. Day when the aliens come and start to be like, well, what's what the fuck is happening? And then it's just like, whoosh, and oh yeah, it's one of the best feelings uh, ever. It was great. Um, yeah, I've gosh, it never even occurred to me to make a stop there. And, and, and see comedy or anything like that. I've always thought, well, God, one yeah. of my favorite bands that will line up and I'll go out there. Mm-hmm. I actually, this is kind of a, a nerd. I'm a music nerd among other things, but Red Rocks has kind of helped break you two in America. You two already had some buzz behind them, but this was a couple of years before the Joshua Tree, but they did mm-hmm. kind of a legendary show at Red Rocks, uh, filmed it, and then. Um, uh, put it on MTV and then boom, the rest is history. But yes, I can remember being 13 wow. years old and seeing, you know, Bono running around that stage. I was like, where is this magical place? Oh, wow. <laughs> Just outside well, of Denver. Yeah. It's, it's great. And Bill Burr filmed his last special there. It actually comes out in the next few days. I did not know it's, that. Yeah. Oh. Bill Burr live at Red Rocks. Oh my gosh. Day. Yeah. The chances, so, the, the comics I love, 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 like Chappelle or, or, or Burr. Mm-hmm. I never get in the. Uh, I never get involved in the debate. Oh, is the new one good? It's, I love it all. I, they they've got right. such a wide. They've got so much equity with me. They've brought me so much enjoyment over the years. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see what he has to say. But God knows there's going to be controversy. Absolutely, absolutely, it always is, and it's just like one of those things you got to just appreciate the artist and the growth and where they are right now, and just go. You know, I. We lose ourselves in this comparison thing all the time. Who's better or what special was better or this isn't as good. It's like, hey, this isn't the same person now. We got to see somebody grow. I mean, it is the same person, but they're in a different place in life. And they're still funny. They're still one of the great. We rob ourselves of the pleasure of seeing these once in a lifetime talents by you know, doing stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Well, some wisdom, a profound ending to my conversation with Stephen AJ today. We've appreciated, sure do appreciate your time. You're going to have a great weekend and uh, we'll see you out there, man. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. And then, uh, yeah, hope to see you soon sometime. And come on, get them tickets at uh, Mark Ridley's Do <laughs> <laughs> voiceover right. work too. We'll, we'll, we'll put you on the castle uh, radio spots. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again, Stephen. Have a great day. All right, thanks, man. You too. So what'd you think? There's a lot in there. <laughs> there's there's a lot to unpack. We covered a lot in our conversation. I had a blast talking to him. I'm sure it comes through in the interview. Uh, and check out, if you're not familiar with Red Rocks as a venue, just just about any big band that you like has probably played there over the time. So if you're a fan of, um, I don't know, the Black Crows or Deftones or whatever you too uh google them at red rocks and i bet you'll find some footage so okay thank you to you dear listener thank you to all of those who support the show make sure that you continue to spread the word give us a like subscribe subscribe tell everyone about it special thanks to our producer joel fragmenti who does such a great job making this little get together sound polished and professional week in and week out thanks to all of you until next time this is tom mccarthy for mark ridley's comedy castle podcast Mm -hmm.